think it's safe to say that I am hardly ever at a loss for words. However, I know, I know I've been absent from my podcast the past month or so, dear one, and there is a reason for that. And today I am breaking my silence. Here is part one of, who knows if there will be a part two, of how my journey with ayahuasca has completely changed how I'm showing up in my business, my relationship to productivity, and has brought on an entirely new next level of intentionality and alignment in my business. Let's get into it. Hello, dear one, and welcome to the Brave Path Podcast. I am your host, Emily Bird. This podcast exists to empower the service-led and soul-centered entrepreneur, that's you, who's looking for clarity, alignment, and empowerment along your business journey. Here we dive into all the things when it comes to the development of your most authentic offerings, awakening and embodying your highest self in the form of your personal brand, and yes, your spiritual being, all while you overcome the blocks and limitations we all face as we grow in business, upgrading your mindset, dismantling the old limiting beliefs and outdated programming. Here you discover deeper parts of yourself, your spiritual purpose, your soul's mission, and you'll confidently know which steps to take next, how to build this dream business of yours through the divine channel that is you. Yes, we get spiritual here and also strategic. I am your transformational business coach, facilitating the space for you to have the inner transformation necessary for the expansion in business you desire. Let's get into it. Okay, so I'm breaking the silence. It's been a while, like a few weeks, a month, however long it's been since my last episode. And there's a reason for that. And I would put it in one word with... The at this. <laughs> Do you know what that means? <laughs> so uh, I just had a, an ayahuasca journey. I just had a journey with the plant medicine ayahuasca. And there's a whole purification process that you go through prior to actually receiving the medicine. It's called the at this. And it is, it's a purification process. So it's when you are becoming really intentional, mindful, cleaning out the energy of your body, in your body, your emotional body, your physical body, your spiritual body, your mental body, all of it. You're clearing it out. So this is your nutrition. This is your food. This is what you're drinking. This is your sleep. This is your media consumption. I mean, for me, even like the music I was listening to changed or became less like I love hip hop. I have a 14 year old son. He loves hip hop, but I quit listening to some of the hip hop music because it was like just too vulgar and violent. Uh, Violence as a whole. I stopped watching my favorite Netflix shows, which are, you know, time period, medieval, dark ages, war and battle and like sexy men on the battlefield wearing fur and armor and all that went away. <laughs> in, in the purification process, in the atas, really purifying and clearing your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, all the energy that is inside of you and around you and flowing within you, clearing it out, becoming really intentional, clean and clear prior to receiving the medicine. 
Ayahuasca is the grandmother plant medicine, and she likes to have her own environment to work in, okay? So there's even like a fast, a 24-hour fast that you do like 12 hours before, um, you know, receiving the medicine, and then, you know, not until the next day at 12 p.m. can you have, um, you know, you break your fast. And we break fast through the ritual of having like a chopped up onion, a little bit of chopped up onion that's been marinated briefly in lemon juice and salt. So that is like purification in its wholeness. Lemon, onion, and salt. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) And it was so good, by the way. (laughs) I'm still actually, I have right now in in my refrigerator, I have a little jar of chopped up sweet Peruvian white onion, which is beautiful because our shaman was from Peru. Uh, Peruvian white onion that has been, you know, marinated in fresh lemon juice and pink Himalayan salt for like the past day. And it's just in a little jar. And I literally had it on top of my lunch. I I had it on top of my spinach this morning with my breakfast. Like I'm putting it on everything. It's so good. I don't know. Mm. How could I miss this? How, how have I gone my whole life without having this beautiful chopped up onion lemon salt mixture? Who would have thought? So let me back it up a little bit, though, because I I haven't been here. And it goes back to dietas. It goes back to that purification process. So I knew like six years ago that ayahuasca was going to be part of my spiritual journey. And I also knew that I wasn't ready to receive her at that time. And I trusted that one day I would. And I would know when that day is. So... I waited and I just kept going and I, you know, I didn't fixate on it and obviously years would go by and time went by and I didn't think about it and, you know, it would filter back in. I'd see my friends going, I'd see people I know going on their journey and sharing about it and that would spark my interest again and I'd read more stuff on the internet and look for ayahuasca retreats and, you know, entertain the idea and it felt possible. It felt kind of unattainable. It also felt like not a priority. You know, I just trusted that I would know when it would be time. And so it is, my friends. (laughs) And so it is. Actually, I knew, so at this recording, it is midway through, maybe a little over the midway mark of having Taurus and Scorpio in the nodes. So Taurus is in the North node, Scorpio is in the South node. So in case you're not tracking, I just switched up and I'm talking about astrology right now. So I am Scorpio sun and Scorpio rising. Scorpio is in the South node. This is the nodes are the place of the points of where all of our eclipses happen and the nodes shift about every 18 months or so. To have Scorpio in the South node is it's pretty impactful for me, very personal for me, because that's not only my sun sign, but it's also my rising sign. And so your rising sign is like your, this is, you know, where the ascendant is. This is your first house, your relationship with yourself, your body, your self image, your personality, your ego. It's when you were born, your rising sign is that's what was happening. That's where the placement was in the sky when you were born and it was like you were born onto the planet in this beautiful innocent raw baby human form and you're like I'm here I choose to be here now and that was what energy was on the horizon 
you rose into that. And your rising sign is like the aspect of how you, it's like your signature in life, like your motivation, your energetic signature in life, your motivation for life, like how you go through your life. It doesn't have to be your sun sign. So some of you are like, uh, maybe your Aries sun, your Pisces rising and your Sagittarius moon. Like it's, it's good to know these things. I am just by chance, by magical chance, I'm all water. I'm Scorpio sun, I'm Scorpio rising and I'm Pisces moon. So I'm like, all the water, all the mysticism, all the magic, all the alchemy, all of the intuition, all of the power, if you ask me. But anyways, <laughs> really deep, yeah? So anyways, I knew at the top of this year, 2022, when the nodes switched, when they moved from Gemini and wherever else they were into Taurus and Scorpio, they're opposite signs on the zodiac zodiacal wheel. So uh, Taurus and Scorpio are opposite. My mom is Taurus, which is so funny. She's Taurus sun. Anyways, Taurus is the North Node. So the North Node is where we're headed collectively, individually. So you can look at where Taurus is in your chart and your houses where you have Taurus placements. And then you can also look at where Scorpio is. That's the South Node. South Node is the point of release. It's what's we're shedding. It's what we're letting go of collectively and individually. So where Scorpio is in your natal chart, which house it's in, what placements you have. Maybe you're Scorpio rising as well. And if you're listening at present time of this, you know, recording in November of 2022, you're like, oh my God, is that why the last, you know, 10 months of my life have been intense AF? Yes, that is why. Because <laughs> you have been releasing your first house, your identity, your ego, your relationship with self, your body, your health, like all of that. Releasing, releasing, releasing. For me, it's been... A really deep experience, very personal around releasing old identities, old versions of myself, um, just like forgiving. And I've done a lot of the reprogramming. I've done a lot of healing. I've been on a personal growth, spiritual transformational healing journey for like 12 years. And I feel like all the work I've done has led me to this very moment in my life where I get to like, let it all rest, let it all rest. And finally, like retire the old versions of me and move into new, expansive, possible, light, matured, empowered space, beingness. Yeah, like what we're here to experience, right? So. When I knew the nodes were moving into this placement last year, last, you know, October, November, when I was looking ahead, because I, I work with the, I work with the cosmos in my business, in my life, all of it. I'm deeply attuned to it. And it's not like I base my life on it. It's not that I assign it meaning. I just love the mirror that it provides. I like to be in relationship with it. Okay. I'm always in my power. I'm always in my agency. Even if I'm not, I know I am. Even if I don't feel like I am, I really am. Like we all are, okay? So astrology doesn't determine your life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I like to be in relationship with it because it's energy that's happening anyway. So why not like hook up with it, okay? 
So I knew back last year when I knew the nodes were going to be moving into this placement, I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like This is going to be a wild 18 months of eclipses and energy and transformation and shedding and holy, holy moly, Batman, let's let's do it. And I knew last year I was like, you know what? It's going to be time for ayahuasca. Now is time. Now is time for her. Okay, we'll see what happens. So I had two opportunities earlier in the year at different points to go to ceremony. And it didn't happen. It's okay. I was like, all right, I'm just trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting it's going to happen. So then I was having, you know, a couple months ago, I was having a conversation with um, a very important family member of mine. And they let me know that they were going to do their first ayahuasca ceremony. And I was like, wait, me too. Wait, (laughs) where? Tell me everything. (laughs) And so fast forward, I said yes. I said yes to going. And there is a whole, like I said, purification process that happens. It's deeply intentional. It's deeply devoted that happens before you even take the medicine, before you're even sitting in ceremony in the circle and sip the tea. Ayahuasca, by definition, is a psychoactive tea. It's been used for millennia by indigenous people, tribal folks, shamans, healers, other guides and carriers of the medicine, indigenous to South America, mostly, um, like Peruvian, I think Ecuadorian, Argentina, like those are like the native, native places of where the vine and the plant grows. So how to make it, it's harvested from a vine, a specific vine from a tree and leaves from, I think another tree. There is also another version of it, obviously, you can make your own brew kind of thing, um, or not like that, but there's, there's other, there's different, I guess, leaves, vines that you can add into it. Um, but the, the ayahuasca that I consumed did not have, there's like a third, I think leaf or a second vine that a third ingredient that you can add in to really create the purging factor. Um, which is what I was actually most nervous about. And ironically, the, um, the ceremony that I got to attend, the shaman doesn't use that second vine. They just use like a traditional version of the drink, which is one, like the traditional vine and the traditional leaf. And it is cooked down for like three days. They cook it all the way down and it becomes like this kind of like consistency of molasses, kind of tastes like molasses with a little bit of like, date maybe like I was like did you guys put date in this <laughs> it was like kind of had some like bitter not bitter but uh, like cooked down r- sweetness to it but it's not like mm, give me more you know it's 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 died you can take it and you're like mm, okay that's an interesting very ooh, taste ooh. <laughs> it's medicine right so you drink it and you're like oh okay <laughs> I feel cleansed already. <laughs> then you go back to your seat and have a journey. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyways, so our um, 
our shaman that we were able to be in ceremony with, again, they use a more traditional brew um, or traditional recipe. So it, it does not include that secondary vine that you can add in that really creates folks to purge. And the purging is obviously to get rid of the toxins, to really clear your body, to clear your vessel so you can receive the medicine of the tea, the psychoactive tea, the plant, the ayahuasca. Um, however, we were under the guidance from the shaman to go through dietas, which is that purification period, what I was sharing with you earlier. So we did a lot of that like on our own, in our own terms, and it is what you make it. So it's however deep you want to take it. So the moment I said yes was the moment it started to happen. It was the moment that I started to engage in dietas the purification process, releasing certain things from my life, from my diet, from what I was eating, from what I was consuming, just being more intentional, connecting to my spiritual practices instead of sitting for 10 or 15 minutes in meditation, sitting for like 25 or 35 meditation or minutes in meditation, right? So just really like dropping into myself and allowing the journey to start at that point, okay? And so that's, it's about, the ethos can go for weeks or a couple months prior to your ceremony. It just depends on like how deep you want to take it. And so I, I was pretty devoted to, to my experience. Um, and then when it got time for ceremony, I was really nervous of the physical aspects. I was nervous about throwing up. I was nervous about feeling really heavy. I was nervous about sedated breathing, you know, all the things that I've read on the internet over the years that had me kind of like bugged out a little bit when it came to actually like being in the ceremony, being in the circle. And my, my beautiful sisters that I was with, they were just like, you've got this. You're going to be okay. You're going to be good. And, you know, I was like, is someone going to come sit with me? Like, how does it go? How does it flow? Like, I had all the questions around how supported the space would be, how held I would be. And, And finally, I just had to, like, give up, relax, and trust and surrender to the experience. And so that is what I would advise you to do, my friend. (laughs) If you are considering ayahuasca, if you are considering working with this beautiful, amazing grandmother, ancient, ancestral, divine medicine from the earth, right? It's a choice. So you have to surrender to it. You just have to like surrender and trust and know that the journey begins long before you sip the tea. Yeah. So anyways, fast forward into ceremony. It was incredible. Our shamans were, I mean, he was, he was from Peru in his seventies. He's been in and a carrier of the medicine in circles in ceremony, being a student and being a carrier of the medicine for decades. And so the space was truly held in a devoted, reverent, uh, sacred, appreciative, devout way. Felt very traditional. It felt very authentic. Um, And I felt deeply at home. You know, I was nervous and I, my nerves melted away in the very first few moments of being in the space. We, 
we arrived to the retreat center and we were, you know, setting up our little cushy spot in the circle. We brought some pillows and some blankets and some crystals because, you know, you got to have your crystals and your rose water hydrosol facial spray for these types of things. So we're like setting up our little (laughs) sacred corner in the circle. And I, I just, I remember looking up and seeing the shaman in the front of the room at the head of the circle and just being like, hmm, there you are, my guide. There he is. That's the guide. And when it came time to begin and it was time for folks to settle down into the circle, he stood up and he started kind of walking around slowly his chair slow circles and kind of like shuffling his feet like you could hear the scraping of the soles of his shoe up against the floor and he started making this soft whistling noise I started to relax. There was something that washed over me. It was a familiarity of, I've been here before. I've felt this. I've experienced this. I know what this is. I've been here before. I've done this before. And it was in that moment, well, like, you either do it or you don't. You got to leave if you're not because it's like about to be the time, you know. But it was in that moment where I was just ready. I was fully ready for whatever was about to happen. All of this hype I had bought into and read and consumed and then the, you know, couple of months of clearing and cleansing and trying to be really intentional to get it out and also try to show up in my business and lead my people and do my enrollment events and my challenges and my emails and my all of the busyness of my life and the fullness of my productivity and my production and my creation that's a huge cornerstone of my business. I don't just serve as a coach. I create for my community. I create and compose and construct the years of wisdom that I've had of experience. So I don't just serve and show up for my clients. I don't just create clients. I also create for my clients. And that's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of production, it's a lot of creation that exists in my business, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And acknowledging in full transparency, it's been a busy season, my friend. It's been a a season of expansion, and it's been a season of shedding the old. I shared with you about the South Node Scorpio. I've been releasing. I've been letting go. I've been doing deeply cathartic healing. I've been saying no to a lot of people, places, and things that I just can't fucking do anymore. 
I've been doing that and I've been showing up in even a more fuller, more aligned, more higher capacity way in my business, in my life, in my relationships. Those that do have my new telephone number, those that are in my inner circle, those that I do get to be in connection with, like they get all of it. And so one of the things I woke up to in my journey was the boundary, how I hold myself, how I hold my own sacredness in all of that. And what is balance? What is not in balance? And how do I create that? And how do I allow rest and ease to be part of what is sacred in my daily life? If I could prioritize rest and ease and trust just as much as I prioritize creating and serving and showing up, what could happen? So I had a deeply profound experience. So we we sip the tea. Okay, all right. So we sip the tea. And I'll, I'll say that our experience was really traditionally delivered in that there was no playlist. There was no Wi-Fi. There were no cell phones. You know, we were really like off the grid. You don't know where we were. I'm not going to tell you, so don't even ask. (laughs) All phones off, left behind, like totally like in the space together. Okay. And due to the devotion and the traditionality that exists in, in the shamans and the healers that were in charge of our space, that were holding the space, they're deeply filled in the light. So they held a space full of light. We, we were all wearing white. It was a very warm, loving, light-filled space. And they sang Icarros, which are traditional shamanic songs for ayahuasca and other plant medicine ceremonies. Icarros, I-C-A-R-O-S, Icarros. So you could maybe check out an Icarros playlist on Spotify if you want to get a feel for the music. It's beautiful. Perhaps you will hear it and think, ah, I've been here before. I've felt this before. I've heard this before, how I felt when he started singing. But they sang the whole night. And they had um, like some traditional shamanic Peruvian and um, shaman like like little um, instruments you know the rustly little um, it's like a branch with leaves on it and I know it's I gotta look it up and see like what that instrument was but they played traditional instruments small like smaller instruments and they sang the whole time and so we were instructed to during our journey which lasted hours So it's like a six hour long meditation, six hour long meditative journey. We were instructed during our journey to really connect to the frequency of the music that they would be singing to us all night. Acapella, just them, beautiful. And and connect to our breath. So your breath and the frequency of the music, the vibration of the music, the the, the rhythm and the pace of the music is really intentional. So use the music, use how we are going to you know, sing and and serenade you and guide you through your journey through our sound and your breath. Use those two components to be your anchor for the experience. So we did. I did. And um, there were two drinks offered, the first one and then 75 minutes later, the second one. And it was really in the the second drink that um, it started to kick in for me. But the first one, I 
had more visual experience. I started seeing like colors and shapes and I saw my son's profile like ultrasound kind of profile. That was actually the first visual I saw, which is really interesting. When I saw my son first, the very first image I saw of my son was when he was in the womb. And this was like what, some 15 years ago. And it was his beautiful profile that he still has today. And um, I saw that it was the first vision I saw, you know, 20 minutes after I had received the first drink of the tea. And it kind of like just floated through. Your eyes are closed. The room is dark. There's no lights on. They're just singing and you're breathing and you're sitting there. And that that's the experience. And so he just kind of like this image of him like just floated through my head. And I just, I knew, this is going to sound off the wall, you're not going to expect this, but I knew that um, someone in my family had been in a car accident, like in that moment, I just knew. But I also knew that they were okay. But I saw my son and my mom uh, on the side of the road, seeing, at the scene of a car accident. And this is kind of part of my mediumship. I usually have very vivid, connected, truthful visions and knowings during deeply relaxed, meditative, opened states. And so I trusted that this vision was true and I just did what I do when I receive these types of visions and just sent out love and light and trust um, for the process and for all to be well and safe and held and there's nothing I can do in that moment and I just let it kind of move through me. I just completely unattached to it, uh, saw it, felt it, knew that it was probably true and released it. And um, then the journey continued because really there's nothing you can do. Like, think about that. What, what can I do in that moment? You know, what can I do? Go, go leave and get on my phone and call and, and then be what? Worried? out in the middle of nowhere, hours away from them, like, what can I do, you know? So it's it's like, this is the energy of surrender, being able to really fully let go. And I was able to do that just like in an instant. And I've had that before happen. And it's through practice, the, the letting go, trust me. <laughs> it's through practice that that becomes more natural, a natural state. Um, but it was, it was, you know, the first drink was 75 minutes before the second and it felt very warm. I was really like feeling open and, and loving and held and supported and just enjoying the music and enjoying some of the colors that I was seeing and just also observing the busyness of my mind. Um, it was, it was pretty busy. <laughs> Not as busy, maybe as some would be, but it was, it was, there was still some activity happening and um, just being in the observation of that. So then, then there was a candle that was lit and then another candle and then I opened my eyes and they stopped singing and they offered the second, second drink. And of course, like you got to go for the second drink. Okay. You just don't go and have one, go, go have two, go be in it fully. So I did that. So got the second drink, came back to my little pillowy spot. Um, felt a little nauseous after that one, but I never got sick. Um, but it was in that space where my body was like, okay, now we're going to react. We're going to respond a little bit more. Um, 
it was after the second dose that I really like, I felt like I went deeper into the journey for sure. Um, the observation of the busyness became amplified. There were clients and papers and sounds of talking. And I do a lot of like Voxer support with my clients, which is the walkie talkie app. And it, when you go to Voxer, you push a button and it's like, and I heard that like a few times I heard Voxer. I heard my clients. I saw their faces. There was busyness and it was all like me in the center of this chaotic storm which is very like dark feminine right like ayahuasca is a very feminine based plant medicine and the space that was held was very much light and warm and loving and safe and secure and the dark feminine is chaos and rage and and also love and magic and mysticism and alchemy and and like the transmutation that we can go through through deeply embodied channels right and so there was that then that started like happening and this was when it felt really confronting so my whole experience was very loving very open very warm very vulnerable very real very raw very confronting very truthful truth telling and and that's that's when it really became amplified and the music was crescendoing you know up into a more faster pace, more intense tone, really like matching the experience that I was having internally. And at one point, I remember just like peeling off my layers, like peeling off my sweater, peeling off my scarf, taking off my socks, throwing the little pillows to the side. <laughs> like All of this shit has to go. <laughs> I just need to like sit here in my rawness, in my realness. I don't want anything on me. I don't want anything touching me. I just want to like be right here. You know? And that's receiving the medicine. And I did. And I sat there and I observed myself and I witnessed myself and I witnessed myself expanding and the room was expanding, and all of a sudden I was in this room that looked like it belonged in Versailles, like King Louis' beautiful Versailles, the the room of, what is it, the room of light in Versailles' palace. The, it's like gold and glass and mirrors and warm wooden floors. I felt like I was in that kind of room. I saw myself sitting in the middle of that room, and the room never ended. It was a perimeterless room. It just expanded be, uh, on and on and on and on and on, and through the glass I could see beautiful like sky no I knew there was a beautiful earth below but I was like floating in the sky in this beautiful like golden glass warm wooden mirrored space and I was right in the middle of it and it was like just this feeling of being so held and being so loved in my wholeness and everything is as it should be complete there's nothing to worry about. You can trust everything. And you can let yourself rest. Was what I felt. Which was absolutely relative to my experience because I've been working so much lately. I've been doing so much. I've been serving on on high, you know. Everything like volume has been all the way up. 
in in my business and in my life and in my energy and the output and also in the reception too you know there's been a lot of receiving and a lot of abundance and just becoming how aware I just becoming aware to how like overstimulated our society is and how entrepreneurship especially gets this uh, glorification of overproductivity and working your ass off to get to where you want to be and striving and also thriving but really striving as you're climbing the mountain and um, that that glorification of just overproduction and overworking and not having the boundaries in place and not respecting and appreciating your process if if you know me and you're in my space you know that I I preach relentlessly the long-term vision and commitment that it takes to really build a sustainable business and I I lovingly laugh and hold you if you're a few months or a couple years into your journey and you're like so impatient and wondering why you're you're not hitting your goals and it's like well there's a lot of things that aren't dialed into your business plan yet my love but also like this is the journey you step on the path like (laughs) I think a lot of folks start their own business I hope you heard me do air quotes (laughs) start their own business air quotes I hope you heard it (laughs) I know you didn't see it, but I hope you heard it. I think a lot of people start their own business and they just want it to be like fast. They're not patient for the results. And it's not your fault that you feel that way. That is like how society portrays this whole thing. (laughs) It's how it's given to us in the media. It's how we think it's going to be. But really, it, it takes time. It takes work you don't sign up for entrepreneurship for a quick fix. You don't sign up for entrepreneurship for six months later to be a multimillionaire or to be a multiple six figure or to be even be at six figures. Like if, it, if that happens for you, amazing. Tell me all your secrets. If you're like me, like you work your ass off to get there and then you realize in this moment, in the ceremony of receiving ayahuasca, like, oh, <laughs> It's a whole journey. <laughs> Where have I been forcing and rushing and overstressing and overproducing and overextending and also not trusting? And where have I been fully trusting? Where have I fully surrendered? I shared with you that I knew someone had been in a car accident. Well, they were. It wasn't my parents or it wasn't my mom and my son. My mom and my son witnessed two accidents in different parts of their travels and at one point and we we traced it back to the time because I talked I talked to my family about my mediumship and this experience you know they were very aware of what was going on what I was experiencing and afterwards I told them that I knew someone had been in an accident and and we traced it back to like the time and my mom was like yeah we were on the side of the road at that time pulled over because there had been an accident and we were you know we were not in it we were we were right after it um, and that's what I saw in my vision. But later on that evening, my stepfather was in an accident and it was one vehicle. It was him. He was driving a U-Haul and a deer 
ran out in front of the U-Haul and he wrecked the U-Haul. He was fine and the deer was fine, but the U-Haul was not. (laughs) The U-Haul was toast. But he did have an accident that night. And I knew that. Like I knew in the vision that someone in my family had been in an accident or they were, you know, they were in an accident. They were going to be in an accident. It was that knowing of car accident in my family. And then I saw my mom and my son on the side of a road seeing an accident. So that did actually happen. But it was such a surrendered moment because there was nothing I could do in that moment about it, you know. So um, it's it's the overall view of me sitting in that golden glass room was like, can I trust this beautiful space that is my life? Can I trust the divinity of my life? Can I trust the light? Can I trust the warmth? Can I float out here in the middle of the sky and know that there is this beautiful foundation beneath me? Like I was literally floating in this mirrored, opened gold and glass room that was endless, which is like how I relate to the energy of our soul, endless. But there was nothing like below. I knew I was like floating in the sky. I knew there was like a beautiful earth below, but like how, like I was thousands of feet up, you know, in this visualization. And um, yeah, it was just really beautiful. It was really eye-opening for me. So um, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place. I obviously do not have a script in front of me. I'm just sharing as if we're talking and having an experience. The reason why I haven't been on the podcast um, lately is because it was one of the things, unfortunately, that I had to eliminate during the ethos. Um, I was really trying to scale back on how much energy I was exerting out through speaking. And I had other things happening in my business. I had new clients coming in. I was, you know, offering enrollment events for my group program and doing other things that created a lot of exertion and um, outpour of support and verbal, (laughs) lots of talking, lots of speaking. And so I knew that I had to, to put this on pause. But I also knew that I wanted to come back and, and share with you and pick this back up now that there is balance and how I am integrating moving forward is really beautiful. Feeling more aligned now more than ever. Receiving more abundance in my business now more than ever feeling so held, so trusting, so much more in my own sovereignty more than ever before. And it's not like I didn't have any of that prior to this ceremony, but the ceremony just really amplified it. It really did. And it also amplified to me what's truly not going to be be part of my experience moving forward, whether that's people, collaborations, dynamics, relationships, agreements, ideas, right? Like having that awareness has been amazing. I also know that my journey with Aya is not complete. I know it's not done. This is medicine that I want to continue working with. It's not a one and done for me. It, I feel like it will be a ceremonious experience that I give myself um, over and over again, you know? 
and and that is like that higher frequency higher devotion higher intentionality of of really being a student of the medicine of the journey of the plant medicine and and being willing to have these deeply open excavating divine moments with yourself and and with the astral realms of connection that's always here so it was incredible I acknowledge uh, my absence and I also acknowledge my return I am back I'm back dun, dun, dun. and it's so good to be back and I hope you feel the groundedness and also the open warm loving real raw confronting vulnerable truth that I've shared today it's completely from my heart and I'm always, always sending you this empowered, inspired light from my heart to yours, the light of possibility, the light of openness, the energy of complete connection and wholeness from my heart to yours. I love you so much. I am grateful that we are in this community together. It is an honor to be on this journey with you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of my journey and also saying yes to your journey. It's truly a gift for us to be here. So your vision sets the world free. This is why I do what I do. I want you to feel empowered in your vision and I want you to know how supported you are. You are so supported. You too have a room of gold and glass and mirrors and warm wooden floor that is expansive and endless and holds you no matter where you are. You too have that foundation. And if I can help you wake up to that and support you on your journey into that knowing and return home, then I've done my part. So... Take good care of yourself until next time, until next week, until next release. I am sending you so much love and I will see you soon. Bye.